0: Well, how do you go from struggling academically and fighting just to keep your head above water to having a perfect 4.0 grade point average, to being president of student government, and to be just a few weeks away from completing your first college degree? Well, for Joel Judas, making his mental health a priority turned his life around. He's sharing his remarkable story with us today in our podcast. Well, Welcome to Chatting About College, a podcast originating from Onondaga Community College in Syracuse, New York. My name is Roger Mirabito. We record our conversation in the studios of our Broadcast Media Communications degree program. It's located in the Whitney Applied Technology Center on our campus. And joining us now is Joe Lejudis. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you here. Today, as we sit here, you're a model student, you're president of the student government, but it wasn't always that way for you, was it?
1: It, it certainly was not. One of my favorite things in the spotlight you wrote about me was the uh, sentence where you said, I occasionally attended classes back in my past, <laughs> which which could not be more accurate.
0: <laughs> well, let's go back a little bit. So you graduated from East Syracuse Manoa High School in 2007. Yep. And you came here because you thought that's what you were supposed to do, right? Go to college? Yeah. A guidance counselor at school, at high school,
1: put a OCC application down in front of me and said, fill this out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I didn't want to do the wrong thing. I didn't want to be a, a failure because the messaging in high school was – you go to school or you fail. You know, you go to you go to college or you won't go anywhere. Sure. In life. So I was, you know, scared into it basically.
0: Mm-hmm. So you came here. It did not go well. No. Um, you wound up leaving school and you worked in the banking industry for quite a while, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I worked my way up from being
1: a teller. Uh, with no experience at all in banking all the way up to being a department manager at a mortgage company. So, you know, that's something I always had pride in that I had done
0: that myself without school. Mm -hmm. So at some point as you're going through life, things really bottom out for you. You realize you need therapy. How did you get to that point where you realized you needed the help? So I suffer
1: from two neurological conditions, uh, one called essential tremors and one fibromyalgia. Um, at the time, and I believe now, looking back that this was mostly stress related and just a manifestation physically of how unhappy I was with my day to day life at the time um I was working as the department manager of a mortgage company, and I you know started to become sicker and sicker I had a the worst flare up of my conditions of my life i There were days I could barely walk. There were days my husband had to literally carry me to my car and put me in it so that I could get to work. And I would just pray that when I got there, I'd be able physically to get myself into the building. And it was a job I really was no longer happy with. It was work that was no longer fulfilling. And I just came to the realization one day that I have to Completely reassess every single thing I am doing with my life right now because this isn't a life worth living. This is just existing and surviving. So I decided, after speaking with my husband about it extensively, to um, leave my job behind. I went to multiple neurologists, rheumatologists, movement disorders, and other doctors. Spending thousands of dollars after insurance trying to figure out what was going on with my body. And every answer they came up with was, I don't know. Yeah. There's nothing we can find that is wrong with you. So in trying to decide what I wanted to do next, I hadn't yet had the idea to come back to school. But I um, I knew I wanted to do something different, completely different. So I decided to start seeing a therapist Thought, well, they'll help me get direction. You know, I was very much in that. I mean, I don't need therapy. I'm perfectly fine. I don't need <laughs> therapy. I just be nice to get some direction and decide what do I want to do next. And I decided to go to therapy, and, you know, conversation led to conversation that opened all of these doors in my mind. And I realized, wow. I needed this a lot more than I thought I did.
0: I really want to thank you for being willing to talk about it because I'm sure there's just so many people out there who are in a situation similar to what you were. You know, they they need to take that first step and that'll unlock a lot of doors for them. And it's great that you're willing to be so honest and open about it and to share your story.
1: Thank you. and 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 I am. I am because I wish... More people had been when I was going through my difficult time. If I had more examples and role models to say, it's okay to start over, Mm -hmm. realizing you're on the wrong path, that's a good thing. It's okay to admit that. It's strong to admit that. Sure. So I wish I had had that messaging.
0: Well, a lot of us grew up in that generation or that time when it's, ah, eh, just tough it out, you'll be okay, that Absolutely. kind of thing. you know. So summer of 2020, you decide to come back here to OCC. Many years after you'd <laughs> been here the first time, you take a couple classes. And how do things go for you at first?
1: Yeah. So I actually came up um – literally the week before the pandemic hit to (laughs) re-enroll. It was February of 2020. My gosh. I could walk on campus and go into Student Central and meet somebody and not wear a mask, and I don't think I even knew the word COVID-19 yet. Sure, sure. (laughs) But I had just missed the cutoff for the spring semester, so I had to wait till summer. But, um, you know, in the meantime, the whole world shut down. (laughs) Right, as right. is my luck. And I thought, oh, great. Now I'm trying to go back to college for the first time in you know 13 years during a global pandemic. So this this will be an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of fear on my part and wondering if I could even do this. Um, I took two little classes and ended up getting a 4.0 and realizing, wow, I can do this. And Mm -hmm. that's what led to me going full-time in the fall.
0: So you come full-time last fall. That's your first full-time semester since (coughs) in more than a decade. How does that go for you?
1: So it was a battle because about halfway, maybe a little more than halfway through the summer, when I filled out my FAFSA and this and that for fall, Mm -hmm. I found out, and, and it is possible that 13 years ago, I was aware of this and forgot in the meantime, but I found out that I was completely ineligible for federal financial aid. And therefore, because I quit my job to do this, going back to school full time was not going to be an option for me. Mm. Uh, I also found out or, or came to the realization rather that this whole dream I've had of coming back to school to study psychology is probably not going to happen because there's no way. I can't pay for it. I can't pay for it. And unless I take two classes at a time for the next 20 years, this is not going to happen. Um, it, It was a very difficult situation. Every representative be it at financial aid, at the school, talking to people at FAFSA, I mean, looking stuff up on, online myself. Everywhere I went, I got a different answer. Everywhere I went, I was told either, no, you you screwed up too bad, it's not going to happen for mm-hmm. you. Or, well, you can do it, but you're going to have to pay for it yourself. It, it, at one point, I was told, oh, you know, you just have to take, Ten credits and pass them. One person told me I had to take forty five classes and pass them, and that's more than an associate's degree by like double. So I don't know where that answer came from. Basically, it's a good thing that I'm very stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing that I'm very, very stubborn and have a very big mouth because I just kept fighting. I just mm-hmm. said no. i I had this little taste of success. In the summer, and I knew I could do this, and I wasn't going to stop. Nothing was going to stop me. It turned out uh, that in my situation, all I had to do was take those two classes over summer, pass them, pay for them myself, and I was reinstated on academic probation, but reinstated Mm -hmm. for my federal financial aid. So I was able to go to school in the fall. I took a bunch of fascinating classes, including an ethics class that I recommend to everybody. It was just the most fascinating topic. And it, I was nervous thinking, I don't know, if can I handle this course load? Full-time is a lot different than two classes. And I got to the end of that semester. And by that time, I was the president of psychology club and earned my second 4.0 for the full-time semester. And That's when I think the fire, the fire was already lit, but at this time, there was no
0: stopping. You mentioned Psychology Club and you became president of that. And you're also president now of student government or the Student Association. Why is it so important for you to be involved in things outside of class? That's an entertaining question to me because when I
1: came back in February to re-enroll originally, February 2020, I told my recruitment person I was speaking to, I was like, I don't want to come here. I don't want to be here. I want to just do my classes from home online. I want to not have to find parking. I don't want to drive through the snow. Like, I'm good. Just let me me be home. Mm -hmm. And she was accommodating of that, but also suggested like, you know, especially your psychology courses, maybe it'd be a good idea to at least give in-person a try. You might get something more out of it. Um so when I came in the fall I did I kind of did a half online half in person became more heavily involved in um you know psychology club and different this and that on campus and realized this is the way I'm meeting all of the right people part of the way I got my financial aid situation resolved was by meeting the right people on campus knowing the right names knowing who to go to And it just really added to my college experience. And I really hated to admit that at the time sure. because, you know, people find it hard to believe. But deep down, I'm actually an introvert. (laughs) But, um, you know, I just I realized if I'm going to do this and do this in a way where I not only succeed, but succeed in a way that I'm really proud of, Mm -hmm. there's a lot more
0: I can do. So, your first leg of that dream is in December, where you earn your humanities degree with a specialization in psychology. What do you think that'll feel like for you? <laughs> It's it's been hitting me
1: in waves. I realize that it's at this point it's seven weeks away and i am gonna get a little emotional here, so excuse That's okay. me. But thirteen years ago I told myself this wasn't for me. I wasn't gonna do this. I couldn't do this. I didn't deserve to do this. I just can't believe that it, it's here. It's happened in the blink of an eye. I I the the last year and a half or so, it's just, it's a blur. I'm just so impressed with my own ability, my own ability, not only as a student academically, but just as a human being to, to recognize that my life was not where I wanted to be. And I changed that. Mm -hmm. I changed it in the most extreme way that a human can. I mean, every single thing about my life sitting here today is different from the day I came here to re-enroll. I, I don't know. I don't know what my reaction will be when I hold that degree in my hand, if it's going to be a, well, I'll either cry my eyes out or start jumping up and down. But mm-hmm. but one way or the other, it it's going to be it, not just academically, not just as it relates to school or classes, it's going to be the single most important thing I think I've done in my life so far because it represents to me so much more than just an academic achievement.
0: And that first step in therapy is really what got the ball rolling, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. It was about probably a year and a half into my process with therapy that I started to realize in in and, and attain all of these skills and tools and mechanisms to to handle life and to figure life out and I made all of these fascinating and wonderful realizations about myself that I had no idea, you know I, like i said i just I just went to figure out what where I wanted to head next. I didn't know. All of these doors in my mind and in my soul were gonna be unlocked, and I'd I'd find all of these things about myself. And one day I was leaving shortly into my therapy experience, I took on a, a job that was just a job for now to have some money coming in until I figured out what I was gonna do. I was leaving that job and I was on the way to the dentist <laughs> of all places. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I literally cannot tell you what it was about that ride to the dentist in the car that day. But something in my mind went, that's it. That is it. I I want to study psychology. I want to be a therapist. I want to give people the tools I've been given. I I need to repay this massive favor that the universe has done me and, and give it back to other people. And I was literally going up the highway on my way to the dentist, and I picked up the well, I Bluetooth, picked up the phone, <laughs> <laughs> and called my husband, and I said, I think I know what I want to do. And he goes, what? And I said, I want to go back to school. I want to study psychology. Mm-hmm. And luckily for me, he's a very supportive person, and he was all about it. He said, yeah, do it. I went to work the next day. I put in my two week notice. I worked out my two weeks. It ended on a Friday, which just happened to be Valentine's Day of 2020. Yes, 2020. And by that next Monday, that Monday morning, I got in my car and I drove to OCC and I walked into Student Central for the first time in 13 years. And here I am.
0: A year and a half later, here we are. It's like magic. Yeah, (laughs) if only. Have you thought about what's after OCC in terms of where you'd like to go school next? Yeah, um,
1: I'm. My plan is to transfer into SUNY Empire. Um, I know they have a couple physical locations, but nowhere near me. Um, they. I talked to one of their recruiters, Heather, who is absolutely wonderful, and. She explained to me, you know, yes, we are an online, basically, format school, which I honestly was a little hesitant about. You know, sometimes I feel like people don't take online college very seriously. So I was a little worried about that. But she told me about how our SUNY chancellor um, used to be a president there. She told me about how um, they really formatted their entire structure for non-traditional students for people like me who have a past in college that they'd rather forget about and they they really cater again to this wonderfully weird non-traditional niche of of students and you know with the challenges that I'm going to have in my life going forward, uh, part of which is going to have to be returning to the workforce in some capacity, you know, in the next couple of years. I thought that having that format and flexibility was going to be something that was really beneficial for me. Um, of course, given my whole spiel, I just went on about being involved on campus <laughs> that was a concern. And I asked, you know, do you have a student government association? Can I be a part of it? You know, what clubs do you have? How does it work? And, you know, she told me, oh, yeah, we we have all of that. And some of them meet in person when they can, some of them meet virtually. But, you know, we have all of those things. So I'm looking forward to how I can, and I say this in the most positive way possible, but how I can rock the boat at SUNY Empire, the exact same way I have done
0: here at OCC. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I know you said you were hesitant to uh, toot your own horn or put yourself on a pedestal, but you should. What you've done is amazing, and again, your willingness to share your story and your openness to share your story is great, and hopefully it will influence others to get the help they need and make that change in their life.
1: I, I really genuinely hope it does And thank you very much for saying that. It's, like I said, if I had been sitting at my miserable job maybe a year or two, maybe five years earlier, and, you know, saw an ad for OCC that said our our student, our average student age is 28 and, you know, you can do it. Here's the story of this dude that occasionally came to class <laughs> and his last semester had a 0.0. 0. <laughs> he did it. And look, he's the president now. Like, I, I would have maybe, maybe I would have said, you know what, I can do that too. So right. I hope somebody out there does hear this and knows there is a way over every single hurdle, hurdle, it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be comfortable. Not at first. One of my very, very favorite people in the world, Brene Brown, always says, if you're comfortable, you're not really learning. And mm. I've really had to lean into that in my OCC experience, but, but eventually, eventually, once you get past that discomfort, it,
0: it becomes wonderful. Joel and Judas, congratulations and thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Roger.
0: And we'd also like to say thank you today to our Broadcast Media Communications degree program for use of their studios here on campus. And we thank you as well for listening. I'm Roger Mirabito, hoping you've enjoyed chatting about college and asking you to please subscribe, download, and rate and review us wherever you download fine podcasts from.